Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to Cross-Eyed Ned's Word on the Line. And we're just going to touch a little bit today, touch on the great transition of the heart. Now, many of you may have heard uh, concerning this, many of you may have not, uh, but that's all right. We're just going to mention it. Uh, if you hadn't heard of it, you can consider it. And please, once again, just in considering these uh, short sharings, uh, present it to the Lord, present it to the Holy Spirit, that God would take that which He desires to take and use it for His end and His purpose. And that's always with it, with anything that we hear or view or read, um, anything like that, because ultimately God and God alone is our teacher and not man. So, uh, just the great transition of the heart. And what I wanted to share is just a little bit uh, concerning that and Basically, I'll just read the statement that I have here. It is the heart coming in knowledge from the knowledge of man to the knowledge of God unto where God has, past tense, brought the soul in reality at the moment of new birth. And that is it. So much took place the, the very moment we were born again. Us who are born again, us who are Christians, us who are uh, saved, us who are born from above, all those terms. So much, so much happened at the moment of new birth. And the thing is, is it, well, for one, we really don't know what happened. Um... Uh, we know that things changed. We know that uh, things were different than before. But we just do, do not know how great of a change took place. We do not know how great things are completely different than what they were before. And see, at the moment of new birth, the eternal change comes to our soul, which is Christ himself. At that very moment, the moment of new birth, is when Christ himself appears in our soul where he was not before. At that moment, everything has changed. It is from that very moment onward, it is not I but Christ. All right? Now, we don't, we don't really know that. We still think it's I. And I just wanted to look at a couple of passages concerning that. All right, but that does not negate the fact that the eternal change came to our soul at the moment of new birth. Christ Himself, okay, um, and well, let, let me let me just mention a little bit concerning that. I'll just use a diagram. Just just it'll it'll kind of help. At the moment of new birth. Christ is present, so now we have life. Life is present. But we still consider what was before, what had no life at all. And we think what was before, we think that that is our life, and that is not our life. Christ and Christ alone is our life. What was before was not life at all. We literally had our beginning at the moment of new birth, because it is at the moment of new birth we received life. Jesus himself said, I am the way, 
the truth and the life. He also said, I am the resurrection and the life. And we cannot define life by what we see with the natural eye, by breathing, by a heartbeat. That's not life. Christ is life. And you cannot see life with a natural eye. Now, I'm not throwing things out there that are just way out there. No, 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 no. Either Jesus is life or Jesus is a liar. And we all know that he is life. This is the life we receive at the moment of new birth. Therefore, everything that was before was not life. Uh, With the Lord speaking to Moses to tell the children of Israel, remember when they were still in Egypt, the Lord said, This will be unto you, I think I've got it somewhere in my notes here, Uh, this will be unto you the beginning of months. And let's see. I cannot find it. (laughs) But it is somewhere. Ah, yes. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 1 through 3. This will be unto you the beginning of months. This was their beginning. What was their beginning when the Lamb showed up? The Lamb, at that moment, who is a testimony of Christ. So in essence, when Christ appeared, Israel had their beginning. We can say they they had their beginning of time at that very moment. All right? So, well, going on with, with that same thought. So Israel's now in the wilderness. And I do want to read one verse because this will bring out just the reality of God, the the way God sees things, how God knows things to be, regardless of what man knows or what man thinks. This is Exodus chapter 19. You can read verses uh, 1 through 4. I just want to read verse 4. And this is after they came out of Egypt, after the Lord brought them through the Red Sea. And the Lord says this, Thou shalt say to the house of Jacob, I think that's the end of verse 3, And tell the children of Israel, now verse 4, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. So first of all, eagles' wings, resurrection. But it is unto myself. Okay? So then, now, though, though Israel is in the wilderness, and they can see each other in the wilderness, in reality, based upon what God himself has said, they have been brought unto God himself. That is the truth. That is reality. Whether Israel knows it or not, something tremendous has taken place, regardless of Israel's knowledge of it. Okay? So then here you have Israel, they they began murmuring and griping because they're remembering what was, or shall I say, what was not. All right, oh, the leeks, the onions, we remember the flesh pots, all this thing, we remember. You can even say the good old days. Well, brothers and sisters, there are no good old days. 
days. No. There's only one good, and that is God himself. And so, the thing, and just the, the example that I just wanted to show real quick, was that at the Red Sea, they came from not having life, well, from being among the dead, unto walking in the land of the living. All right? This is reality. And, and the way I like to show this is just with the Red Sea and the crossing of Jordan. Reality had taken place when the Lamb appeared, whether Israel recognized it or not. Now, but see, remember, while, they're in the, while they are in the wilderness, in the desert, they're griping and complaining. They're remembering what was not, and I will say that, what was not. They're considering what was not. Their hearts are submitted to what was not. Their hearts are not yet submitted to Him who is present, Christ Himself. And so, now, the Lord desires to bring them to cross the Jordan. And I know that several different people have their understanding, their understanding, their thought concerning the Jordan. Well, I'll just say this. To me, the Jordan is just that, an understanding. An understanding of what has already taken place at the Red Sea. It's almost like you look at it this way. The Red Sea is reality. Jordan is the understanding of reality. The knowledge of reality. It is coming from the knowledge of man, what man thinks is a situation, what man thinks is the condition, unto what God knows the condition, the situation to be. It's coming from the knowledge of man to the knowledge of God. And in both instances, it requires God himself. It is a miracle of God. Uh, let's see... Yes, and this is just skipping ahead. This is Joshua chapter twenty. Excuse me, chapter four, verse twenty-three. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, and the Lord had to do this. The Lord your God, oh, over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea. It was by God's ability, not man's ability. Reality that brought. Christ into your soul, that brought your soul into Christ, was by God's ability. The knowledge of God, where our heart is submitted to the knowledge of God, is by God's ability, not man's, ever. It's always a miracle of God. With man it is always impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. So just uh, real quick, I just want to mentioned here. Another thing is that I do want to make mention of, and forgive me, I'm going, I'm going a bit late. In Joshua chapter 5, I just want to read uh, verse 2, a few verses there. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, make thee sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second. And we can think, oh, okay, all right. But see, the fact of the matter is that the, 
the ones that Joshua was about to circumcise, and then it states that further on in this par- in this pa- in this passage, the ones he was going to circumcise had never been circumcised before, and yet the Lord says, "Circumcise them again the second time." And see, that's the thing. That is the great transition from the great transition of the heart from the knowledge of man unto the knowledge of God. That the heart would come in knowledge, in the knowledge of God, unto where God himself has brought the soul in reality at the moment of new birth. At the moment of new birth, God has cut away, put to death, brought the condition of death unto death, And only Christ remains. Circumcised. Immediately, instantly, when Christ appears. The crossing of Jordan, now the cutting away of ignorance. When the children of Israel were circumcised, the Lord basically says this, I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt, of what was, of your memory, your recollection, your condemnation of what was, anything, anything like that, at that moment. And it no longer affects them from that moment onward, after they cross Jordan. And so... Just with that, the last thing that I wanted to mention is, is, is the great question, well, how is this done? How, how do we come from the knowledge of man unto the knowledge of God? How does this great transition of the heart take place? And basically, I want to read it. It's in uh, Joshua chapter 3. So verses 1 through 4, And Joshua, Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim, and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass, after three days, that the officers, officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. The covenant of the Lord which represented the glory of God. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way heretofore. When you see the glory of God, go after it. Ah, but leave a space. What does this mean? Don't take it unto yourself. Don't make it yours. Don't, listen, don't make a teaching out of it where where you can say, oh, I know it now. I've got it now. No, no, no. Let there be a space where it's never yours, but God and God alone. And so this happens when the Holy Spirit directs our heart to Christ Himself, who is the glory of God, and we go after him. So, I'll just end with that. Uh, the Lord bless. And once again, just for more uh, 
for more sharing um, teaching, you can go to crosssightnet.com. It should be down here, your bottom right of the screen. Um, and so that's all for today. Have a good day. The Lord bless. Amen.